0: You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, Happy New Year. So glad to be with you today. And this to kick off the year, we're going to start a series called Exiles. Exiles in the Old Testament were when the people of Israel were carried out of their country, out of their culture into a godless culture as part of God's judgment when he used foreign nations to come in and exile the people away from everything they knew almost as a reset and a disciplinary restart for the people of Israel. We're going to be preaching in parts of the book of Daniel. I last preached through parts of the book of Daniel in 2014, but literally many of you at that time, I believe, were not ready to hear it. Some of you were just simply too young. Some of you thought, well, that's nice, but our culture's fine right now. And some of you kept living in the culture as you always have. However, others of you began to discover how to bring value to the culture as a Christ follower. You began to see, I can be a Christian influencer in a godless culture. You became less attached to party lines and public opinion. You became more attached to living and engaging people who thought very differently than how you think. And you love them and you treated them like Jesus would. And in the past seven years, so much has changed and at such a rapid pace that many people find themselves sidelined or out of touch or confused or disconcerted about the new normals in our culture. So, today I want to talk with you about how to be a Christian influencer. All over our nation, there are people who are trying to be influencers. They want to be a YouTube influencer. They want to be an Instagram influencer. They, They want to make a name for themselves and have a platform to affect change or to affect products or to affect speech or to be able to air what they think and to influence others out there. And I want today to talk with you about how does a Christian become a Christian influencer in a godless culture? Now, if you're gonna do that, there's some landmines that you and I find very easy to step on. And these are landmines that you and I need to avoid. The first one is this, that you just sit there and you, you sit in judgment on the culture. You're always gonna fight cultural change. You're gonna fight what, whatever the culture is doing and say, I know a better way. It reminds me of the man who walked into a McDonald's And when the little teenage girl behind the counter asked him if he could please wear a mask when giving his order, when he began to berate and educate the teenage, you know, teller at McDonald's that her request for him to put on a mask is infringing on his rights. Now, as he blows up at this teenage girl, his hate toward her and his hate for what she's asked him to do will not bring about change in the culture. It doesn't even bring about the freedoms he desired. I mean, going to a teller at a McDonald's to take your order who asked you to do something and going off on that person will never affect the kind of change you want. People just feel this this need to sit in judgment on the culture. And what happens there? If you step on the landmine of sitting in judgment on the culture, you're trying to make the world adapt to your judgments whether those are political judgments, whether those are religious judgments, whatever kind of judgments those are, you're trying to make the world adapt to your judgment. The first landmine to avoid is sitting in judgment on the culture. The second one is this. The second landmine is don't bring any value to the culture. We find many people today do this. They, they basically want to be a taker, not a giver. They're a consumer. They expect the company to serve them, the politicians to serve them, the stimulus to serve them, the public to adjust to you. And that person will always make the world all about you. So the second one that you want to avoid is trying to not bring any value to culture because the danger is you're going to try to make the world all about you. The third landmine you want to avoid is this. You get to the point where you get worn down and you believe that you are powerless in your circumstances. It might be hard circumstances or new cultural norms or public opinion. They just cause you to lose sight of your individual ability to influence change. So what happens is if you step on that landmine, you basically make yourself insignificant God's not making you insignificant. People around you aren't making you insignificant. You feel powerless in your circumstances and you are making yourself insignificant. And you can't be a Christian influencer when you step on any of these three landmines. Now, there will always be people who want to disengage from culture because the world has changed so much around us that some of you feel like an exile, that you got dragged out of the the culture or the country or the norms that you knew, and you don't even know how to make sense of all that's going on in this new culture now. The world has changed so much that you totally feel like you've been exiled. You don't know how to respond to a godless culture that acts, well, godless. It's what they do. It's normal for them. Well, here's why you need today's sermon. You must learn to bring value to the culture without compromising your identity in Christ or your God. So the two things that a Christian influencer is always going to avoid is compromising their identity in Christ. Where does their real identity stand? And they're gonna avoid trying to compromise God, like downgrading God in any sort of way. What they're gonna do is strongly hold to God, but they're going to learn how to bring value to the culture without buying into the identity that the culture gives them. See, the book of Daniel happens at a time when it seems Israel's cause was lost and the godless cultures had triumphed because they've been exiled. However, one of the amazing things about the book of Daniel is that it constantly points to the sovereignty of God. His absolute and unshakable authority and power stands in the face of majority opinion in culture, in any era, in any age, this age, this year, and every year forward for the rest of your life. God is in charge of the rise and the fall of cultures and economies and nations, including ours. And the question is, how do you learn to bring value to the culture without compromising your identity or your God? Well, if you have your Bible, open with me to Daniel chapter one, beginning with verse one, it says this, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. And these he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put put in the treasure house of his God. And the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. And among those who were chosen were some from Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. If you're taking notes today, write this down. Culture will always try to change your identity. It'll always try to change your identity. In the names of the Israelite young men, these men in their name had reference to the Israelite God. When you hear the word or the phrase El in a name, like Daniel, Daniel that E-L at the end refers to El or Elohim, the God. And his name means God is my judge. That's what Daniel means God is my judge. But the Babylonians tried to change his identity. They changed his name to Belteshazzar. You know what Belteshazzar means? Protect the king's life. Hananiah, when you hear the ah, the ah at the end in Hebrew, his name meant God is gracious. But they changed his name from God is gracious to Shadrach, which means command of the moon God in Babylonian. Mishael, the L in his name, meant who is like God. They changed his name to Meshach, to a Babylonian name, which means who is what Aku is. Aku is one of the Babylonian false gods. And then Azariah, the A ah in his name, means God has helped. But they changed his name to Abednego. And this means servant of the wisdom God. Well, what does the culture change your name You might say my name and put your name in a sense of a blank. But then your identity is son or daughter of the Most High God. When you became a Christian, when you gave your life to Jesus, your identity became a son or the daughter of the Most High God, whom he loves and with whom he is well pleased. That's our identity as the church, as the people of God, irrespective of our economic status, our background, our race, anything like that. We together become the church. It's the most beautiful mix of people. The diversity is amazing because regardless of all those cultural norms, we are Called together to be the people of God. And it's a beautiful thing. We are sons or daughters of the Most High God. That's our identity. But culture will try to change your identity. So, what new identity does the culture want to label you? Culture is always looking to label you as something. It might be you need to become an activist or a reformer, or an influencer, or you might need to be genderless, or you might need to be fatherless, or you might need to be an addict, or powerless, or conformer, or people pleaser, challenger, young, old, boomer, or Karen. culture is always trying to change your identity, to marginalize you, to not allow the Christian to be any sort of Christian influencer. But though the majority may hate you, or emasculate you, question you, or dismiss you, keep bringing value while clinging to your true identity, your identity in Christ, even if they rename you. And that's how you become a Christian influencer in culture. Well, let's look at Daniel chapter one, beginning with verse eight. It says this, but Daniel resolved, that's an internal decision, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, let me explain why that is the meat that they were offered would have been sacrificed to pagan gods. And the Old Testament law was clear that you weren't to eat meat that was sacrificed to pagan gods. And so he's like, how do I have food without getting around this? I'm going to resolve not to defile my identity and my God. So what does he do? Verse nine. Now God it caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel... I'm afraid of the Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? Then the king would have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and he tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine and they were to, that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. If you're taking notes today, write this down bring value without compromising your identity or God. So value is going to involve sacrifice. And we see that here with Daniel, what he's doing here, that he's making sacrifices so that he can still value God. And he's got to figure out a way to do that. Value also involves knowing what the culture values. So for example, I'm not going to stand here as a pastor and tell educators what educators value because educators know what the educational system values. Government workers will know what government work values. Marketplace professionals will know what marketplace professionals value, typically profit, right? Students, you've got a whole new world and yet you can bring value to the assignment that you're given and value to the Zoom classes without compromising your identity or your God. You and I both need to understand and respect the lines of authority so that those in authority over you receive value in their role too. Isn't it so interesting that Daniel gave value to the one who's directly in authority over him? Remember, the guy directly in authority over him said, listen, I'd love to help out, but the king would then have my head because of you. So Daniel's thinking, how do I do this? How do I leverage influence without compromising my identity or my God. Well, we'll get into that a little bit. Write this down. It's better to make a difference than to make a point. It's better to make a difference than to make a point. See, so often people who think that they're a Christian influencer, they want to come out and say, I want to make a point and make sure everybody knows my point and how right I am or how right the Bible is on this issue or how right, and they try to make a point. Listen, it is better... To make a difference and to make a point. How often could Jesus have made a point, but instead he came to seek and save the lost? He made a difference. See, value involves serving other people as unto the Lord. So I'm gonna serve the people that God has put in authority over me as unto the Lord. Now, so what did Daniel do with this Daniel fast? Daniel thought, how can I not compromise my identity or my God. So I'm going to use diet. How can I leverage diet as a way to honor God and bring value to the cause of Babylon? Even though I've been drugged into this culture, I've been exiled into a land that's not my own, even though I'm forced to go back to school to learn new languages and new literature, how do I do this? He's going to say, how can I leverage diet? So what did he do? He thought creatively. Just test us for 10 days. And in doing so, he avoided meats that were sacrificed to pagan gods. In fact, he became more useful and more valuable to the culture. The things that the culture valued, he became more valuable at. He could have said, let me make a point. He could have said with his arms crossed, my religion won't allow me to eat meat sacrificed to your pagan gods. I refuse. Let me ask, how do you think that would have gone over? Not very well. Instead, he had to be creative. He had to think. He had to say, what is culture of value? How do I bring value? He looked for a way to depend on God's help to bring value to Babylon without eating meat sacrificed to the Babylonian gods. This was not a fad. This was not a cleanse. It was not him being vegan. It was saying, God, I need you in the next 10 days to come through in such a big way on this because we want to honor you. And when he did, God did god came through in such a big way that the babylonians saw physically the difference and god provided then all the israelite captives who were in service to the king a way to continue honoring him without compromising their identity or their god but he did it through a christian influencer named daniel who thought how can i leverage something like diet well where's god giving you influence it might be sports It might be business, it might be government, it might be as a student, that God is giving you influence. It might be just being a great neighbor. It might be to disarm some conflict with people. It might be to love others with compassion and to serve our culture, to serve our city, to serve our world, even in a time of pandemic. Well, how does God want you and I to be Christian influencers? It's interesting as we look at the book of Daniel chapter one, beginning with verse 17, it says this, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them. And he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Don't believe that you are powerless in your circumstances. Some of you get frustrated and you just want to break up with your culture. Well, don't. Don't break up with culture. Rather, engage it by bringing value that doesn't compromise your identity or God. For example, when we made the decision this year to go with church online even before knowing last year about pandemic that that would even happen we wanted to say how do we remove the cultural barriers of physical walls of a church building how do we remove the physical barriers and reach the gospel to every culture or every nation around the world with a very minimal investment how do we do that how do we bring value to other cultures because of the gospel of Jesus Christ in that way And so we decided to launch church online. Then pandemic hit and we had to make the decision. Are we going to ride the roller coaster? If we're on again, we're off again, we're on again, we're on again. We said corporately, we are not going to refuse to meet together. We are totally going to meet together all the time. It will be online until God opens up the door for us to be together again. We made that decision. And I believe that God is allowing us to bring honor to our culture and value to many cultures around the world, wherever you're watching from. And at the same time, we have not compromised him and we have not compromised our identity as the body of Christ. Another example would be this in California. If wearing a mask brings value to others and doesn't compromise your identity or your God, then by all means, wear a mask. No matter what side of the fence you're on on that issue, It's easy enough to involve sacrifice to say, I'll bring value, but God, I'm going to honor and do this as unto you. That's how you bring value to people in our culture. So God did what? God exalted Daniel's status and granted him godly influence in a very godless, totally pagan culture. And in the same way, God wants you to be a Christian influencer as you bring value to the culture without compromising your God. Number four, write this down. God honors those who engage culture with godly influence. Recently, I got an email from a family whose nine year old son decided he wanted to be generous to others this Christmas, so he asked for money. And they asked, How much did he want to give? And and this, this nine year old boy said, $400. And he ran upstairs and he grabbed his, basically his life savings and it only amounted to $345. And his parents said one of the best ways to do that, to make a great Christmas or a great opportunity, a blessing for others, is through the local church, through his church, Sun Grove Church. And the young man agreed. And his parents then decided to match it. I mean, what joy as they found a way to bring value to others through the body of Christ. And that's exactly the kind of thing that allows the church that has been labeled by our culture as non-essential to become absolutely essential. Not to make a point, but to make a difference. Well, what happened? That boy just became a Christian influencer in his family. He became a Christian influencer in his culture. He became a Christian influencer without compromising his identity or his God. In fact, he matched the generosity of God in an amazing way. I love that. I love being part of a church family that's made up of doers. Whether it's you go to bless people in India or Guatemala or Mexico or Zimbabwe or the Philippines or eventually someday into China. Perhaps for you, it's feeding the homeless in downtown Sacramento or wherever you live and sharing your testimony about God. For others, it's starting a circle group, hosting it for isolated people who are very spread out during covid Any community engagement. I love that we have a church body that doesn't just sit on the sidelines, but is actively engaged and involved, bringing value to the culture without compromising their identity or their God. We live in a godless culture. Let me say it very plainly we are no longer a Christian nation. Rather, we are the body of Christ exiled in America. And if your beliefs cause you to mistreat people, then there's something wrong with your beliefs. Instead, how can you, can you just imagine how influential you will be when you engage culture with compassion and value in the area that God has given you influence? How do you bring value in that way without compromising your identity or your God, but you're bringing value in a way, in a language, in a literature that the culture understands? See, in doing so, God may honor you as he displays his power for change through you. And in doing so, you not only live as the body of Christ, you live as a Christian. But I believe that every Christian is called to be a Christian influencer by bringing value into the culture wherever they live around the world. And my prayer is that in 2021, we will see many more Christians stop being fans of God, but become fully devoted Christ followers, be discipled and bring, become a Christian influencer in their culture. See, Jesus chose to be exiled for a season from heaven. He left the comforts of heaven to come to earth to sacrifice his life in a godless confused often pagan culture he entered the world of sin he entered the world of physical human flesh and he walked with it and he sacrificed himself on the cross taking our sins upon himself and he canceled out that debt and through faith when you and i give faith to what he did on the cross we become a christian we become saved And maybe for you, that's the first step for you today is not how to be a Christian influencer, but how to just become a Christian. How do I get saved? How do I become someone who, irrespective of the way that the cultures go in our world, that finds their identity in the Lord Jesus Christ as a son or daughter of the most high God with whom he is pleased and whom he loves very much. Well, it's a free gift. And God wants to offer you that today. If that's you, right, wherever you are watching, then I want you to pray something like this right after me. Just pray, Jesus, today I give you me. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose to new life because you're God. And I ask you to make me a new creation, to wash me as white as snow, to make me a influencer in the right way for you in a lost world. Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And right now, if you pray that prayer, it is a great day for celebration. It is a perfect start to the new year. You can pray that prayer. Now you can pray that prayer. When you're driving in the car, you can offer yourself to God and say, God, I wanna be a son or a daughter of the most high God. I confess my sins to you. I need your sacrifice on the cross. I claim that as my own. I receive by faith, the grace that you extend to me. And you will be a new creation. Your sins will be washed away. You can begin to influence culture because God has been generous and sacrificial with you. We love you. We look forward to seeing you very soon. And I want you to have the great week as even we remember his sacrifice through communion. Thank you for listening to the Sungrove Podcast. For information on Sungrove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.